Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at KathleenCollinsCounseling.com. Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at QCBT.com. Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Randy Richmond, a photographic artist who has two exhibits showing concurrently right now, verisimilitude in the Lewis Gallery at the Figgy Art Museum, and the set table, forks on the left, metaphors on the right, at the Quad City Arts Gallery in Rock Island. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. It's rare for an artist to have two exhibits open at the same time in our community, but yours are the perfect pairing, and that one is a prelude of sorts to the other one. The Quad City Arts Show sets up the viewer for what they will see in in finished, very polished form at the Figgy. How did this collaboration um, start? How did it begin between the two arts organizations? Well, I I think once I finished um, getting everything ready for the Figgy Art Museum, I decided I'd like to get people to mix and go back and forth across the river a little bit more than I usually see. So I, I provided the exhibit at Quad City Arts as kind of a artist workspace of how they would work through the process of creating what would become the final solo show at the Figgy. The Figgy exhibit, which is entitled Verisimilitude, features 10 large format photographs that are clever arrangements of found objects and taxidermy animals that have been compared to the still life paintings of the Northern Renaissance. The lighting is is very dramatic and beautiful. What was your inspiration for this work? Um, actually, the inspiration, <clears throat> there was several layers. Uh, there was the, the still life paintings of the Northern Renaissance. There was the neoclassical portrait paintings where the subject always had a very strong light. And um, there was also in photography, there was a period called, where the photographers known as a pictorialist worked. And they were trying to separate themselves from the very analytical approaches of photography. So it was like a combination of about roughly 500 years of, of art history. Mm-hmm. You've described still life as a play condensed into a few seconds. And in each of these photographs, you are telling a story, many of them about our natural environment. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and on your website, you you really kind of dove into that, and it, and it made sense to me. You said the, the objects are the actors, and the, the tables that these objects are set up on or the stage. Yes. Yeah, I, I believe very much that the how how the objects interact with each other and how I place them changes according to their proximity and how they're lit. Mm-hmm. And these are really carefully composed still lifes. Yes, they are. Yeah, I, I spend actually quite a bit of time before I go outside where they're where they're completed, uh, studying spacing objects size. And everything that go along goes along with that, because a lot of them are done during the last half hour or the first half hour of light of the day. So I don't have much time to make mm-hmm. make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Most of these were photographed right here in our community in in Nant Marsh. Um, so, well, a large part, a large proportion of them, yes. Uh, but there are various other places, like along the Rock River, um, on a family farm. 
and uh, in other natural areas that where the environmental concern is occurring. Mm-hmm. And really, you use this wild spa- space um, around our community, these, these spaces that you found to, to make statements about environmental degradation and the, the way we're treating our world right now. Yes, that's true. There's, and, and a lot of them at, at Nahant Marsh uh, go through like with the, with the, the swan and how uh, uh, the trumpeter swan did not exist in Iowa for 100 years, even though that was the, the native species. And also with, with the, the one with the beaver in it, um, the, the beaver was basically where circular international trade began. And so that's a big issue today. Mm-hmm. Because the beavers were exported then to Europe and elsewhere. The, the, the beavers were actually taken to Europe, processed, and then moved on to Russia where they were turned into hats and then brought back to North and South America. Uh-huh. And you're seeing some parallels. At least you've drawn that between the, the beaver trade and now our export exportation of corn and soybeans and our farming products here in, in, in the Midwestern states. Yeah, and, and, and the whole kind of locavore movement of, of eating e- eating as locally as possible. Mm-hmm. One of the pictures I really loved was of an owl, and you're, you see the owl from its backside. So you're watching it as it's looking out across the landscape. And, and if you look really, really closely, you see this hog confinement facility in the mm-hmm. background. Um, it's a very poignant um, um, message that you're conveying there. Yeah, and, and actually the, the farm where that was located, there was an issue for the two weeks previous to the time I had done that of, of just an, an incredible infestation of flies because of the fertilizer that came from the hog confinement that was spread on the field. Mm-hmm. What time of day do you prefer to take your photographs? Um, I prefer very early or very late or if it's a cloudy day all day long. I, I prefer clouds. Huh. Well, I, I'm asking that because because the light really, it's so luminous in these photographs. And the, the titles of the 10 pieces of the figgy um, are the particular day and time of day that, that you took the, the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I prefer to approach it like a, like a diary entry. Mm-hmm. And ac- actually, the, the lighting of the still lifes, the separation exists because I, I treat the exposure for the background and this exposure for the subject as two separate entities. So the subject, the table actually has a studio flash aimed at it, and then I balance that with the ambient light that exists at the time I was doing it. Huh. What kind of camera do you use? Um, I use I use a Nikon camera, um, and because I, I can use old lenses on it, and I, I, I like to use old lenses. Where do you obtain? I'm just curious. Where do you obtain the taxidermy animals that are featured very prominently in your in your photos? The animals have come from two places. One one is the painting studio at St. Ambrose, where I'm an adjunct photography teacher, and the other is uh, the nature center at Nahant Marsh. And they just have these that you can borrow that you can ch- check well, out. Well, you know, sense. yeah, I, I've made arrangements with, with them, and I I did a few prior to asking so they could see I was kind of serious about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I love the framing of the pieces at the figgy, and your attention to detail includes um, a very specific way of printing the the picture so that there's this graceful arch across the top. And it, it looks, it appears as if when you're looking at these tableaus that you're looking through a window. Yeah, the, the arch I, I 
was a inspiration from art history as well because a, a lot of the the uh, pictorialist photographers would experiment with different framing of the image area and then going back to renaissance paintings uh you know religious icon paintings a lot of times there was there were arches that were that were utilized within the within the frame mm -hmm. describe the title of your exhibit verisimilitude where, where did you get that name uh verisimilitude was a, a a word that i used in high school it was taught to me by a friend of mine who actually got me into photography was my english teacher in high school his name was john deason and he was also is also a photographer, and uh, verisimilitude basically means the the possibility of something being true. Hmm. And I chose the title because obviously the 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 animals weren't alive; they were taxidermy. They were alive at one time, and then the whole idea of what truth is anymore, because we have alternative facts. We and, do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so. It's it's a uh, request from me to the world to look at things critically and come up with their own judgments of what's true and what's false. Mm -hmm. It's a Latin word that I'm going to try to hang on to myself. Um, how do you, how do you print something of such large size and not lose the fine detail? Uh, you you bargain with the pixels. You treat them nicely. You don't expect. The, more from them than they can produce, which I think is really important these days. When bigger is better, and you can email a file to some kid named Skippy at a strip mall in Vegas and get back a 60-inch print rolled up in a tube that looks like crap, I, I very, very um, strongly recommend uh, working within the means of what your technology can produce faithfully. And what type of paper do you print on? Uh, the paper I use for this that I use for this exhibit uh, is is from a German company, Hanamule, and the the paper is bamboo, so it's ninety percent bamboo and ten percent cotton. Hmm. Now, the your exhibit at the Quad City Arts Gallery is a series of of preparatory <clears throat> photographs. You 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 refer to them as sketches that you made leading up to to these more polished finished finished works at the Figgy and and you've said that both process and intent are important to you when working through a project. How did these sketches help you with that? The sketches provided me with the time to approach the arrangement of the object objects at a much more leisurely pace so that I could study the spacing, I could study whether the object is correct or not, and I could also kind of formalize my ideas and what I would like to see in the final piece as it's produced outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these photographs are, are minimalistic, you know, as a sketch is really meant to be. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, there's actually two sides to, to that. There was the preliminary sketches, and then once the final piece was completed, I would start taking away parts of what was the still life, and then I would discover other possibilities that were way too minimal to be a finished piece, but too good to pass up. Right. And so being an artist, you always have to um, sort of uh, maximize your potential for money earning. And so I decided, well, okay, let's treat these as something else and then put them out for people to consume. Because mm -hmm. they're they're beautiful in a, in a very different way. You, you had mentioned on a, on a blog post that you believe the sketches to be a finished piece of work, and they, and they are. They're... Um, you're not so much, you know, caught up in the the metaphor of the beautiful that that you see in the beautiful finished pieces, 
but you're drawn just to the just to the really simple image that you see there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, boy, you got a good eye. Oh, well, Have you thought you. of being an artist? <laughs> no, I just like to talk to them. Okay. Yeah. What I was surprised about the most when I saw your Quad City Arts um, show was the humor in it. I mean, I really laughed my way through that show. D- d- when I walked down that entire long western wall, it was funny. Um, your sketches are mounted on this black background paper, and on that paper, you've you've made you've you've written down these these comments that mm-hmm. are that are worth going to see the show just just to read your comments. Just the comments. Yeah, just the comments. Like <laughs> like this is what a four year old orange looks like, and you, you have this orange, this shriveled up orange, and and your comment is drawn with an arrow towards the orange. I I don't. You have to see it. I think. Well, it's interesting because you know the other thing is that an orange. If it gets lost in a cupboard somewhere and you find it, it becomes like a very small, lightweight gourd, and it's just it's dried inside. Mm-hmm. But it has an interesting luster to the surface. Mm-hmm. You also wrote, "Beauty isn't always pretty, but it should always make you think." Um, I like that little comment. They're they're just these little nuggets of information are kind of scribbled everywhere. Um, make a little birdhouse in your soul is another one. Yeah, that's actually a lyric from a song. Mm-hmm. I can't take credit for that one. Okay, well, how about this? You have shopping list, colon, owl, and then below that you wrote antlers, but antlers is crossed off. I, so, I, I ended up not using the antlers. Yeah, I, I figured since since it was removed <laughs> from that shopping list. <laughs> so you make some very overt political statements with your with your work as well. T- tell us about the sculptural piece or the assemblage, I should say, that's in the center of the Quad City Arts Gallery entitled Turkey Vulture. Uh, well, the turkey vulture, um, the, I, I did that uh, a couple of days after the child separation started taking place at the border. And so the turkey vulture with his kind of orangish red head represents Donald Trump. And then the empty nests in the, in the finished one at the figgy, uh, the, and then the, the, the bird above the, the nest are, is the mother looking for her children. And there's also, two avocados that are nestled in there that represent the the, the trade war, the tariffs. Oh. Yeah, when you look at it, you have to. It's a. It's a. It, you leave it up to the viewer's imagination to figure out what these, what the individual separate pieces are. But. And I think that's important. Somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago why I didn't make it more obvious what things meant, and and I think that my 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 biggest concern with humanity right now is that we don't want to ask the questions to learn. We want somebody to hand it to us. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we end up believing whatever truth seems easiest or most comfortable to believe. Yeah, and we lose our critical thinking skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Is there a way, since you have these two exhibits up, they're on opposite sides of the river, but they're really easy to access. You can either just zip along the Centennial Bridge or take the Arsenal Bridge, so they're five minutes apart. Is there a way you would suggest viewing these exhibits for someone who hasn't seen either one of them yet? Is there, is there a particular uh, starting point, do you think? Well, um, I think that I would recommend starting at Quad City Arts to see the sketches and the preliminary work. Um, and then crossing the river to the figgy. And I think also because the figgy, their hours are so flexible, and they even have one day a a week where the admission is free after 5. Right, that's Thursday nights from Mm 5 till 9 o'clock, I think. Right. And uh, other than that, if somebody has a problem doing both, I'll take them. I'll get in my car and I'll drive them across the river. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I saw them in the reverse way, and I thought it was quite fun um, to start with a finished, polished piece. There, there are these formal pictures, and then you, and then you walk into the Quad City Arts Gallery, and you get a little bit more insight into how it was formed. Either way, it's delightful. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was interesting that you said that um, you enjoyed the humor, and. And I like to use humor as, as a way to get somebody to actually look at something. And actually, I think the the best compliment I'd ever received from somebody about the art that I make, and this is one of those people that claim not to be artistic or creative in any way, they said that it was like walking along the edge of a beach, and then suddenly your leg facing the water sinks down to the, your knee, and, you're, and at one point you're both pleasantly surprised by the feel of the water and frightened that you're going to get sucked into the ocean forever. <laughs> is, um, is photography therapeutic for you? Very much so. Actually, uh, since the last election, I carry a camera with me everywhere I go. And it, it's not because I think that somebody's, something is going to happen. I think it's just there as a security blanket for myself, and I can pull it out and start firing away at any moment. Hmm. So it deflects your, your attention away from more from darker thoughts or yeah as crappy as things seem to be you know after listening to something on the news um i still have my own reality of of where i decide to to point a camera Mm -hmm. the lens through which you how through which you see the world yeah and then i can even report back to the world the way i see it tell us a little bit about yourself where did you do your training well let's see i was a uh a student at the university of iowa um, and, uh, since then I've been a voracious and annoyingly obsessive photographer and exploring, constantly exploring different ideas and different ways to say things. Mm-hmm. You're also teaching at St. Ambrose as an adjunct professor. What, what has that experience been like for you? I enjoy uh, teaching as an adjunct professor. Um, and the reason I enjoy it is that, uh, I get I get mostly I would guess seventy to eighty percent non art majors, so I may be their only exposure to something creative or artistic, and I judge how well my day went according to the number of light bulbs that I see floating above their heads, mm-hmm. and just getting them to look at things differently. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I'm imagining. What drives many teachers is is seeing that light bulb go on. Um, even if it's just one student a semester, you, you've yeah. made a difference. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, you've impacted that next generation. Yeah, I like I like to see it every day. I like to see several. I like to see eyeballs popping out of their heads. <laughs> yeah. Well, Randy Richmond, thank you so much for talking today. Thank you very much. Don't miss the opportunity to view Randy Richmond's concurrent photography exhibits on view now. The set table, forks on the left, metaphors on the right is up through December 6th at the Quad City Arts Gallery in Rock Island, while Verisimilitude closes on January 5th at the Figgy Art Museum in Davenport. You can also view his photos and read his blog posts online at otherography.com. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities, for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Kell. Thank you.